Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and hot tea in the fridge. Today, I am sitting here drinking some beers and some hot teas and a half-drinking bottle of water with three new acquaintances, soon to be friends, maybe. We'll see how this goes. I think it'll be fine. I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess to my my noon would be Dingo, and then to her right is Brooks, and you two are from Onion Maiden correct we are yes we are what if i had that all wrong yeah wrong (laughs) restaurant i'm insulted and then to brooks's right is john who is a musician plays in a band jake the hawk and is also a chef by day rocker by night is that fair i don't know i just came up with that a cook not a chef but yeah okay all right fair enough I guess is there we're gonna like fine fine line the the cook and chef kind of how like rap and hip hop are two different things or are they the same thing? I don't know. Let's start with that. That's a good (laughs) the cook and chef or the rap and hip hop. I'm just saying, like to me, it seems kind. I guess I can understand the difference. I guess would the difference between a cook and a chef be like original recipes or involvement? I don't. I don't really. I don't know. What would it be? Well. The way I think of uh, a chef is someone who creates dishes. Uh, usually, they have a little more say in what goes and goes in a dish and whatnot. The cook kind of just follows the instructions and kind of puts the dish together. Th- sure. The way that the chef wants it to be put. That in. totally makes sense. That makes sense. So I can see the difference. I guess I, it doesn't quite work like rap and hip hop. No, I mean that's totally the way I interpret it as well. Um, I don't know if I could just like this in my brain. I can think of the difference between like rap and hip hop. Totally. I don't know how to, to verbalize it. Well, I think that I guess to somebody that maybe isn't behind the curtain or behind the, the counter, we can say to make a metaphor, uh, the u- normal person that maybe isn't super into cooking, they might not understand that difference. I don't think a lot of people understand what really goes into maybe creating your own dish. Right. And there is an art to it that's really similar to writing a song I feel. And that's kind of where I want to this whole conversation to revolve around sort of the parallels between creating music and creating food and how the two can influence each other, you know, and having Dingo and Brooks on is perfect for this thought because onion maiden is pretty music centric. Correct. For anybody that hasn't been there. Do you want to give your little, uh, your sales pitch on what the uh, what the business is all about. Yeah, so uh, I mean, our, our restaurant um, is obviously heavy metal themed, being called Onion Maiden. Um, we get people that accidentally call it like the Iron Onion and uh, <laughs> the Iron Vegan and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we're we're an all vegan restaurant. Um, a lot of the stuff we do is uh, largely Asian influenced because of uh, like Dingo's background and things like that. Um, and she curates the majority of the menu, which is, you know, why we would call her the chef, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, like music has always been 
really central to everything that we've done because like so actually we just had an interview before we came in here and we were kind of given the same spiel but uh like the reason why at least for us personally the reason why we became vegetarian in the first place was because of the music we listened to uh like growing up in in high school we listened to bands like like dystopia and uh disrupt and the gorilla biscuits and stuff like that and they were always really big into like animal politics and just politics in general and you know that was something that really just heavily influenced us and that was the first reason why i became vegetarian in the first place and i think that's similar for you too kind yeah. of yeah. yeah and uh so people always ask us well how does vegan food and heavy metal like go together and for us it's always it's just always been that way it's not a weird anomaly or a strange mix-up it's just something that has naturally gone kind of hand in, in I, hand and hoof if you will <laughs> well if if anything is the way i see it, at least like you know kind of the at least the underground of metal is very synchronous with that kind of uh ethos like i mean aside from you know your kind of tough guy five finger death punch kind of metal but like in general like the the really cool like up and coming stuff has like that kind of ethos i feel in general like i feel like the both of those things have a lot more in common i don't think there's a whole lot of you know tough guy kind of conquer the world kind of shit um i mean maybe i'm talking out of my ass about that but just at least in in the community that i'm involved in like it makes perfect sense when sure you know, well, I just... think that, you know, in in the metal scene, there's a lot of like compassion and caring for each other that a lot of people on the outside don't really see, you know, because it's one of those things. If you want to get all like corny and sentimental, you know, like in high school, maybe you only had like, a, a few friends and like you're all kind of weird together and like you like <laughs> right. learn how to be compassionate in a way that maybe, you know, frat bros don't quite get to figure out. I got humans. I got to I got to drop my favorite quote from uh, another musician in Pittsburgh. Um, one of I forget which which one said it to me, but uh, one of the bros cross from uh, the band the Ugly Blondes in Pittsburgh said, uh, the heavier the music, the nicer the people. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a cheesy thing to say, but I'm like, it's really great. And it's like, in my experience, been like super accurate. I mean, not across the board, but it was just like such a cool sentiment because my band is much heavier than your band. Is. <laughs> totally, but it's, they're great guys, though. They, but, uh, yeah, people who tend to be in like really heavy bands are like usually like a really soft-spoken guy that like. Oh, you know, we, <laughs> you know. we we uh, my bandmates hosted the members of uh, the band Come to Grief, which was born out of grief. I don't know if you're familiar with them from the early '90s. This weekend, the sweetest guys ever, just you know the best. Um, but then also the guy that I was talking to that quoted that to me, he said, he's like, yeah, one time my sister was dating this guy in this indie rock band, he's a total piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, but it's funny to speak on more of the, the, the kind of the bro side of metal or like getting into hardcore. That's actually how I found out about veganism was through earth crisis and a lot of the more yeah. like militant straight edge, super <laughs> intense stuff. And I mean, I was like young like i mean like 10 or 11 like whenever breed the killers came out and i right. can't i thought it was sweet and i got the cd and there's like this whole diatribe on the inside of it and i'm like i don't what is this is a thing like you were definitely into rambo nuggets, right you know like it was like one of the first times that i really got introduced to that and the whole concept of 
a straight edge thing, which was like really wild to me. We don't need to get into like my family situation, but I definitely did not grow up in a straight edge environment would probably be the kindest way to put that. Right. So, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, it's funny to think like even those like really tough guy, hardcore sort of people can still be like, have that compassion in them. Well, that's, well. A, that was a huge revelation for me, like in high school and stuff. Cause you, you know, if you're in like kind of a conservative environment you get the impression that, you know, this is all really destructive stuff and it's kind of the opposite. Like in general, it tends to be fairly intellectual and it tends to be, you know, fairly compassionate. And it's like so much different than at least the way that it's, you know, portrayed by people that I don't think, you know, have a great understanding of what's going on. So yeah, they'd be confused with like, what does heavy metal and veganism have to do with each other? Like fair, fair amount, I would say. I don't think like the, the two things like have too much that crosses individually between them, but I just think from an the ideals that kind of, kind of go into both of those things, that's where the crossover is. Yeah. Well, I feel like for us, it's all about being inclusive not exclusive and like for people who trying to reach people who aren't in the metal scene in the punk scene i mean what's the commonality like people love music and people love comedy and that's how you know with our with our menu we try to make puns out of metal music that maybe the random person who walks in our restaurant might not get but they know it's a joke at least you know and they know it's funny and it's silly and uh -huh. and it usually gets people to try something different that they wouldn't normally try so now with you being we'll say the, the, the chef of onion maiden right and all of this i've been to the restaurant a few times and everything's super unique and you know it's very the restaurant has its own voice which is really cool about it you know i haven't, haven't had anything like that anywhere else because it's coming from you obviously and i was curious just about when like what was the first time you ever made something you cooked something and you ate it or you gave it to somebody and they were like wow this is good and you're like oh this is good do you have like anything that really stands out like a particular dish or anything when you're getting into cooking uh i don't so first thing comes to mind and it's kind of not relating what you're asking, but I'm going to give it to you. Sure. I, I mean, I, I didn't word the question that well. It was just a thought that I had. So. No, that's okay. Uh, you know, my first, my first inkling that I was going to cook was when I was five years old. And growing up in a Chinese household, my parents only used giant meat cleavers. And I would sneak in any chance I can get in the kitchen and just cut garlic with these giant meat cleavers and then eventually getting caught with my parents and they're like you know they're yelling at me and I just keep doing it until eventually you know I was the girl that they like you know when they would make dinner they would call me in and be like go to town cut some garlic with these giant meat cleavers <laughs> so that that is definitely one thing and another incident was you know my parents were hard-working immigrants and they would leave my sister and I alone, probably not an appropriate age, but, uh, you know, when we're six years old and we wanted to experiment and make food, I remember like just frying up some potatoes and making French fries and clearly like looking back on it, I know for a fact that there should have been many fires started, <laughs> you know, there's like oil spilling everywhere and okay. I'm just making a mess and just looking back on it, I'm like, wow, that's so insane. Like so insane. And 
that was like one of the first things I learned how to make on my own and not having anyone teach me, but just like figuring out like you just fry potatoes to make French fries. And that is honestly, I think that's like the first dish I ever made. So you're, you're almost like a self-taught musician of sorts but <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That's super rad. And then let's flip this over to the other side to the uh, to the cook. John. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, how did you what what how how did you get involved in working in kitchens? Um, well, just real quick, I, I I do plenty of menu uh design and stuff. I just would never one of uh my chef is just somebody that I've known for a long time and I respect more than anybody okay, in the yeah. world. So yeah, I don't think sure. I could never ever describe myself as a chef, you know, for that reason, just because it's like a leadership thing to me beyond menu creation beyond anything else like that's the guy who's been in the trenches that's the guy that like totally knows what's up it's like a huge at least in my world like it's just a big respect thing well i know there um, has to be some sort of a you have to have some chops because whenever i made this yeah. post like there was several people that tagged you i'm pretty sure oh well that's cool so oh man oh, nice. people like your cooking um well thanks people <laughs> um but anyway uh i got into it i started cooking it you know screwing around with uh shit at a young age and i actually uh went to school um uh, i went and did all through my master's degree in biology and worked in that for a while and i kind of ended up uh cooking on the side here and there and i just kind of liked the kitchen environment so much more than like all of the politics involved with everything else um and it's just you know oh and uh, and you know like, like the cook, politics isn't in terms of like you know like, business other jobs yeah or, like you know just like business stuff and you know even if you're working for like a university which I have like there's just so much like political stuff about what you're doing and like all of that and I was just so felt so much better being in a kitchen and I was okay at it and I was good at it and I always was doing it I had been it, it had been a craft that I was pursuing on my own like music anyway. So the fact that I get to make money doing it is like just like the funniest fucking thing ever. Like anytime I'm pissed that I have to clean a case of snap peas or something, I just remember that I'm getting paid money to clean snap peas, <laughs> which is the funniest shit. Yeah, it, it really beats like having to try to sell somebody a T-shirt in a store or something like that. Yeah. But have you ever worked in anybody ever work in retail? Yankee Candle, dude. That's tight. I got you okay. chopped. I used to work at Victoria's Secret. <laughs> but I, I don't know i'm I'm just like so like bashful that i would have made been so uncomfortable i could have never even what did you do for, for that victoria's job. secret i did stock i just put sensors on bras and listened to like death metal in the background and that was, was probably like, like pretty chill it was fantastic so you didn't have time, to like uh like you were just kind of doing like the the the, the grunt work yeah it's pretty monotonous say. so you yeah, weren't uh, like low-key taking social security checks from old women for candles no <laughs> sweet yeah it was a <laughs> and what exactly brooks is like your title involvement with onion maiden so uh when we first started the business we gave ourselves funny titles like dingo's the the culinary crusader and i was titled the master of coin uh i take care of mostly like the background stuff I'm, i do like the finances and i do most of the social media and uh i also kind of just fill in here and there when things are necessary um, like if someone calls off, like, you know, I've, I've been like the, the expo, the server, like the, the server, the, I've jumped on the line and done some cooking. I've done dishes and, you know, I'm 
And everyone does dishes. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, I've, I just basically kind of fill in the gaps where it's necessary and I make sure everybody gets paid and yeah, all that stuff. So, and you play in a band as well. Yeah. Um, I'm in a, a death metal band called Riparian. And uh, actually, Dingo and I are in a, a surf punk band called Sandblaster, too. And uh, yeah, we've been playing randomly here and there, but. I didn't know you were in Riparian, man. Yeah. I drank so many beers with Lou this weekend. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's like <laughs> nobody's surprised. He's like my favorite guy. <laughs> I made it I made him drink Jaeger with me for some reason because I don't even drink Jaeger. Yeah. That's... I don't think he does either, but No. That sometimes happens though when people are hanging out. <laughs> it was because I watched an interview with Dave Grohl and he was talking about drinking Jaeger and I was like who the fuck drinks Jaeger? Anymore? Did you read but, about his like pre-show drinking? Yeah, it was that. I was yeah. watching that. I was like, what the fuck? It's pretty intense. So then I was at Descendants of Crumb at Cativo, and uh, and I was like, it was 11 o'clock at night. I was like, I'd like some Jaeger, please. <laughs> like, she's like, how many? I was like, I don't care. I don't know who they're for yet. Just give me some. <laughs> I was in a band once that was sponsored by Jaegermeister, and we always felt obligated to drink it, even though they never actually gave us Jaegermeister. Yeah, yeah. I was in... Uh, there was it was it cold cock whiskey tried to tried to rope us into one of those things where it's like yeah we'll sponsor you and we'll send you all this swag so it's like oh we just end up with a bunch of like bullshit lanyards <laughs> and like ugly t-shirts that you want us to wear on stage point of order is it swag or swag i guess it's technically swag but or is swag is it, it yeah swag that's swag's the word they use for that cool Shit. okay be a more appropriate yeah, yeah word. there you yeah. go yeah. We got the same thing. They get like printed shirts with our logo on the back, but everything else was we got like Jägermeister Lays and stuff like that. And that's you know Yeah. Like it's oh that would be good for Sandblaster though. Oh yeah. That would be sweet. You can get Tecate on that. I know, right? <laughs> We're looking for that sponsorship. Yeah. Yes. Anyone that'd out be, there makes that tight. happen. Well, I mean, I actually that's a product that I consume on the regular, so Tecate? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good beer. It's it's so uh, you know dirt cheap at all of my favorite taco places. So yeah. Big so ups. we kind of talked about you know the food, and we also discussed some of the th- creative things that we do outside of um, the, the restaurants and things like that, right? And we mentioned you're playing in bands. And things. is there anything else that I don't know about that you do creatively? Any fun stuff? I make art. <laughs> like uh, visual art. Yeah, yeah. I well, ever since the the restaurant opened, that kind of uh, has taken a backseat. But I'm hoping to get back into it. But yeah, I do some uh, woodcut prints and painting stuff like that. But yeah. So with like all of this like creativity, do you view like the dishes that you create for Onion Maiden as some form of an art, or is that a little pretentious to say? No, I think. I think I think so. I mean, I definitely when I was creating art, I definitely there were times where I needed a break. And when I would take a break, I would make a lot of food and then just go and vice versa. If I wasn't doing either, I just didn't feel great. And if I if I couldn't make art, I would try to make food and vice versa. A lot of the stuff that I've had from Onion Mating, like the the plating is like very visual, like everything really like stands out out like aside from it just being like a really unique tasting dish it all looks like we're like whoa i've never seen anything like what am i about to eat right now this is crazy so it's a lot of fun so i just i'm always curious about what goes into those things right yeah plating is always is definitely a fun part especially with 
vegan food. I mean, I think that there's always this stigma of like what vegan food is. And, and to me, it's like before you even take a bite, you're already kind of tasting it and making a judgment just by the way it looks. And it, it's really important that you look at something and you want to eat it um, and versus like just being turned off by it, you know? Yeah. Um, so. I, I always like compare vegan food to anime in the sense that like just because something is anime doesn't mean it's automatically something there's there's millions of different kinds of it right it's just a subgenre of something it's just about Ooh. finding like the show that you like as you soon know? as you apply the word vegan to anything there are some people that just meatheads will not yeah, eat totally. it totally you totally. could have <clears throat> french fries and you'd be like vegan French fries, and they'd be like, "I thought that tasted." Be like, weird. "Not, not in America. <laughs> yeah. This is my America." Because like we do, we have a ton of stuff in our uh, cafe. We every day we have a lot of vegan options, and like we, my chef and I learned really early on, you cannot label that shit as vegan because like the vegans that we have are pretty savvy. And they know and they'll ask us. But, like, you know that if you just call it, if you put vegan as the top thing on the menu, it'll just sit there. Meatheads will not eat that shit, even if it's French fries. Right. Most of the time when we tell people, like, about the restaurant, what we make, a lot of times people say, oh, I've, I've never had vegan food. It's like, it's like uh. You eat ketchup, you, bud? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What, I, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? I, I, I put ketchup on. <laughs> <laughs> put ketchup on my birthday cake like that kid in free willy <laughs> america do you remember that i do no, remember just, that I, it was disgusting that was, yeah uh, <laughs> anyway carry on no i was gonna say like the, it's really unfair to like i i feel like calling any like description of food like oh this is vegan food like that that is a weird well, how do Concept. you feel about like plant based? Is is like kind of the new euphemism for vegan? Is that I think that's like more a marketable term that maybe is just like trying to be more marketable or like trying to be like less. It might slide stigmatized or whatever. Yeah, um, but I mean, if you look at like like the local restaurants, even just in Pittsburgh, like there's like a handful of like restaurants that are quote unquote vegan restaurants. But if you look at all the different ones, like like our restaurant is really like, you know, Asian focused type food. And if you look at like Apteca, it's Eastern European type stuff. And that is like a totally different the, flavor realm and like just different dishes. And, and the then other you look thing, at like B52, like they're yeah. Middle Eastern and it's totally different as far as like the, the flavor profiles and just like the types of food. And to categorize that as one thing is like completely like just doesn't make any sense but i think it's like one of those things where uh like death metal like oh it all sounds the same to me but if you have a genuine curiosity you can go into it and Weird. learn about things i remember the first time i went into apteca i didn't know about it i was like oh there's a place that opened up and i went and i was like i, I had to like read through everything and i like, like is this a vegan place i'd like read through everything a couple of times i was like am i missing something oh it's a vegan place cool right i had no idea yeah, right. Well, I've walked past that place a couple of times, and I remember saying to people, "Like, man, this place looks super douchey," just because it was like, you know, it's like super. It was super sleek, like right in like the Garfield stretch. Yeah. There, I was like, "What's this shit?" And then I was like, "Oh wait, that's cool." I, I mean, mean, there's like, nothing wrong with the aesthetic like, at all. Yeah. That's just something that I said drunk on the sidewalk <laughs> once, because that's a thing that I do. But yeah, but that's like 
That's cool though, because they don't like they're not like beating you over the head with it. Um, or like, you know, and I think they probably get a lot of people that are just like, this place looks good. And I think like what, what all the vegan restaurants are doing really well right now in Pittsburgh is that we're not, we're not going for the, uh, the hippie food, you know, I think that's, that's what we're all in terms of branding. I think that we're doing a really great job of just trying not to be your, your standard vegan hippie like portobello wrap right yeah your hummus wrap or whatever you know we're we're all trying to you know get away from that and i think we're all doing a pretty good job and the other thing that i think is really impressive too about a lot of the vegan places and there are other restaurants that aren't vegan that definitely do this like meat and potatoes for example where like they really focus on this sort of branding and like their niche demographic of who they want to market to and like they're able to figure it out and really just hammer that shit home like apteca you know caters to a whole bunch of different people but there's definitely a certain demographic of people that they're marketing to given their aesthetic and then the same thing would go for onion maiden obviously there's a very much like we want to drive this point home to a certain group of people but we're not being exclusive but it's still like definitely i'm sure most of the people who probably come through the door are probably wearing band shirts actually you're pretty wrong you're pretty wrong where we get a lot of people that we're so surprised would come in the door yeah <laughs> like, like that was our original like like thought like oh you know heavy metal people can just gravitate towards this and like like that's not so much the case all the time no we get like we get a, we get a lot of old people that are so psyched that we're open sure. and we get a lot of families who come out with their kids we get so and many families it's like that was probably the number one thing that i did not expect and i guess <laughs> like looking at our menu it's fairly kid friendly in some aspects but like just never occurred to me that that would be something that was so yeah like right, no yeah. I, I have been in there and i've seen like a, a mixture of people I'm right just yeah kind of like, well, a, bunch of, a bunch of scary people yeah i i did think that that was gonna <laughs> happen but i think you know for us our branding was always trying to be inclusive and it's just amazing that we do get a ton of different kinds of people who aren't you know troubled by this the music that we play or or the our menu our, our names on you know uh i think that says that maybe we're doing something something right yeah that's i didn't know that that's super fantastic that's awesome well i just think that if you're gonna spend your night or your afternoon or your whatever if you're gonna go somewhere like you want it to be like a cool experience especially if like you're going up into like allentown where there's there's things here and there up there but for some people it's like coming to onion maiden might be the only reason they're going up there yeah, yeah. Well, and we, we work a farmer's market on Saturday mornings in Bloomfield and like half of the customers I talked to are just like, where is this place? Like they all picture <laughs> e- like Eastern PA by Philadelphia yeah. and they're like, wow, you came a long way this morning. That's what my dad said the exact same shit to me. Yeah. And no one really knows that that neighborhood exists. But I mean, like I've been practicing. I've had a, a practice space up in Allentown since I was in yeah. high school. So the better part of like the last 20 or not 20 but like 15 years i've been hanging out up there yeah and i'm pretty I'm, <laughs> any anybody that's been in a metal band in pittsburgh has been very familiar with that area with abc yeah and it's nice to you know not have to just go to that sketch ass gas station anymore for yeah sure you know your needs not that there's anything i 
bless that gas station. It's provided me with plenty of <laughs> snacks and juices. I love the, pe- the people who work there are the nicest people <laughs> in the world, too. Uh, so diving back into other restaurants in Pittsburgh or just other restaurants in general, wanting to uh, ask a question that might be, I don't know, maybe it might not be that. It's not controversial, but it might might stir stir the pot depending on your thoughts of these things so as creative types playing in bands and making art um, whenever you're engaging with somebody else's work sometimes like you know you can really appreciate what makes it great but if it's not so great it really stands out or you might notice things that the normal person might not notice right with a band or with art or something like that so i'm curious about how that might translate in the terms of food, like trying to go out to eat in different places, is it easy for you to hold back critiques of places? Or do you generally find yourself being like able to kind of turn that off and just enjoy food? I I enjoy <laughs> food, but I'm really critical. I will I will eat the shit out of a dish, but I'm also being critical of it the whole time. And it doesn't mean like Even whether constructively critical, right? I am often, yeah, yeah. Like I, I will be critical, and I will try to apply that to the our my own dishes and take from that. Uh, and if I am being critical of a dish, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to come back and get it. Like I see the good in in all dishes and in the bad in all dishes. I can be critical of my most favorite dish. And I will still love it. Sure. It's Do like, people you go out to eat with understand that though? Because I can go out to eat and I'll be like, I love this, but this could be like, you know, a little different. People are like, why do you hate everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try. No, to, it's great. It's great. Just I try to keep a lot of that shit to myself. Um admittedly, I'm not I wouldn't call myself a chef or a cook. I cook for myself, sure. Um, but I can understand i think i understand how some things work from an outsider perspective but i try not to know too much i it's kind of how i am with like stand-up comedy like i, I really like stand-up comedy but i would never want to get too involved or be friends with stand-up comedian i just don't want to ruin it like i've already ruined <laughs> bands and so many other things you know so I try to keep some yep. things pure and food's one of them for me but with um i still do even myself i find sometimes if i'm at a place and i'm eating maybe a a certain style of food that I'm really familiar with. I'm just like, Oh, like, you know, this is not a good sandwich or this is not a good slice of pizza. Cause I, I guess I mainly eat subjectively shitty food, but, uh, <laughs> or, you know, this isn't like a, or even like, like I eat a lot of Thai food. You're like, Oh, this just isn't like, this isn't right. Oh, you know, I just, right. I just, like... I just fucking thought of one that I will run by you guys in a minute. <laughs> Carry on. But, uh, I mean, I was just so, I'm curious, like, it's interesting just to hear your your take on that that you're able to not be too critical right. of it and give give I things mean, chances it's as like, long as someone doesn't like, just like totally just phone something in that's what kills me is if people like really phone I was, something right in. i mean it's same thing when i'm at a show i'm not like man this fucking band sucks you know i'm not like yelling on you know uh-huh. but if you ask me i'm like yeah i kind of suck you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, totally. and it's the same thing with food. I, uh, I, I definitely um, have a hard time hiding 
you know, any anytime you see me unhappy, it's really hard for me to to hide it. People, you can just basically read it on my face. But uh, I generally try not to. If I'm out with Brooks, he just ends up hearing it, whether he wants to hear it or not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I, you know, I try to keep it. You know, sometimes it you don't hear that conversation until we're like in the car and we're like, all right, this is how I really feel. Um, Unless sure. you feel like you're getting completely gypped and you're getting a dish that's not worth, you know, uh, you know, if you got if you got a if you got a dish that's like frozen and it shouldn't be frozen. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you you tell the it's, server. I'm so like, yeah, last night um, I did another I had pretty much the same conversation with another group of people last night. So whenever I put up this original post, there were so many people that hit me up and we were having this same sort of chat and somebody that was on was talking about how they live in Lawrenceville by all of the, the all natural grass fed restaurants. And they see like the frozen food trucks pulling up in the morning and dumping <laughs> off stuff. And they just like, right. no, it's bullshit. I feel like now well, you can p- get plenty of grass fed beef that comes in frozen, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, like as I will, a lot of times prefer a frozen product to a fresh product in the if i don't you know in a in particular circumstances like it's if you get something there's plenty of shit fresh products and there's plenty of shit frozen products and there's plenty of good of each but just you know just as a that's general that's a good point just yeah. as a I general point i don't point. work in a kitchen i don't fucking know, <laughs> I don't or, know. yeah or like i mean <laughs> or even like about produce like there's some produce that i'd just rather it just really depends on the particular thing you know if you want to be really groovy and like you know put 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 this much labor into a particular thing and sometimes the other one is just as good and that's what? kind of the line you got to draw for yourself about what you want to order and you know what you ultimately want to invest your labor into and you know whether it's worth it to you know are we going to cook all of our beans from dry or are we going to use canned beans or do you think cooking them from dry mm-hmm. is better than using canned beans i do but that's x amount of labor and you're investing that amount of time into that and that's time that you're not going to get to spend on something else so like as long as somebody's the final product is good and it's not like and it's not, you know, some synthetic synthetic horseshit, I would never judge anybody on the surface for being like, oh, they're using canned chickpeas. Like, sure. Yeah. It's like watching a guitar player and you're like, oh, if you do he a, good- has a shitty delay pedal. He doesn't have a nice delay pedal, but it's still making the same delay sound. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a whole lot that. Well, if it's a Line Six product, I'll start judging immediately. But... Oh yeah. Oh oh, dude. Um, dude. But yeah, that's like that's a really great point because like that's where we kind of like decide like where where do we go with this because like one of our main points too, and I think that this is like a very huge stigma of like like quote unquote vegan food in general is like uh it's like for the privileged because of price points and things exactly like that? sure and that's one thing that we've always tried to do is we've always tried to keep our prices like as reasonable as possible because like m- like i think the image that a lot of people have is like you know like uh we joke and talk about like the wexford moms that shop at whole foods and stuff like that and their whole you know they're spending like this much money on you know organic this and organic that and all that stuff and like you know we use a lot of organic products at our restaurant but like we also you know we make judgments based on you know is this still quality or is this like you know is this going to hurt our product because we want to try and keep it affordable not just for 
you know, the privilege, but for everybody too. And that's like something that's really important to and us. And I think also probably, I imagine availability is a thing to consider too. Like how easy sure. is it to get your hands on something? Absolutely. And you only have so many items on your menu at a time, right? So if you're not able to get enough of something, if you lose, if you like sell out of an item, like your menu's down, what, like, you know, 10%, 15% because right. you only have so many items that can be a, a nightmare i'd imagine well the, the idea that like vegan food is for the privilege like i understand that kind of in the context of our society but is if you take a step back is such a ridiculous idea because you know the idea to create beef you need how many resources versus the idea right. to create grain you need how many resources or you know to create a pint of milk you need to put this much shit into it so you know, the idea, I mean, the idea that like, you know, beef is cheap is just like absolutely objectively terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the idea that you can get a cheeseburger for a dollar is like fucking terrifying. Yeah. But like in, but yeah, like he, what he was saying is about like drawing that line and thinking about like the amount of, you know, down the line, the amount of resources that have been, you know, put into a particular product and, you know, what what is worth, you know, having something that is like super like, you know, salt from the salt of the earth versus something that is just fine and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, because, you know, like wasting resources just to waste them, just to get get something that, you know, is, you know, a Velbin good. The, the idea that something is good just because it's expensive is ultimately counterproductive to what I think everyone's trying to achieve here because then you're just basically just wasting time and energy. Yeah, I I feel I'm a pretty good judge of character now at this stage in my life of being able to tell those places from the gate, just kind of like looking at them and telling if a place is very genuine. I, I don't care if a place is making like, you know, shitty $5 subs or something that's really nice as long as they're marketing and they're everything, as long as it's genuine, if it seems like it's coming from a genuine place and they're serving up, you know, something that's authentic not necessarily sure. like culturally authentic but just like authentic from that this business sure you know I, I can get behind that but there are some places that i've gone that you know it's just like oh this is fucking bullshit i'm especially because stacy's vegetarian so whenever it happens a lot when we're out of town if we're traveling or playing shows like okay like where's the closest vegetarian restaurant so it's like always like every once in a while you just hit those ones like, fuck it's one of these places it's like trying to do all the research that i can before we go like what is the wording on their website look like i can like <laughs> right. i could probably tell what this place is all about just from figuring that out it's like i said earlier about like just like phoning it in kind of you know it's whether is it is it phoned in or is it something that you know they genuinely you know care about doing right and that's kind of like goes to dingo's point about you know eating food and even if it's something that you like or something that you don't quite dig you might be able to go back and give it another try right you know that's kind of like something that i've had that with bands i've seen play where they might not be that good but you know it's like okay they're they're doing their thing and they're nice and you know like i might not like this but hey maybe in a few months i'll see them mm -hmm. again and they'll be better you know maybe we'll come back to this restaurant and maybe they'll get it figured out yeah i mean i think also too if like if you have a critique of somebody else's food that you think that they could actually take in and and like you know don't don't go on yelp and and complain yeah. that 
the food is too salty. What just is, tell your server and they'll remake it for you. You know, don't don't be that guy. What you are know? what are your feelings as business owners on Yelp? I'm really I don't get to ask this question ever. I've never I don't I never really well, get to have this conversation. They call us a lot and we don't pick up their phone calls. <laughs> That's how we feel about Yelp. Uh, okay. Shh, they might be listening. Oh shoot, sorry. <laughs> uh you know, I do, I do go on Yelp sometimes just to, you know, check to see like what new restaurants are out there and maybe there's something I should check out. I don't really read too far into like their, uh, their, um, reviews too much. Uh, sometimes I do like to read them just cause it might be kind of funny and see how sure. ridiculous they are, but I'm not a huge fan. I I thought the platform was pretty cool until I found out <coughs> that you can pay to get bad reviews removed from Yelp, supposedly. Well, that's the kind of thing is like, I, I think that all these like review sites and stuff were made with good intentions, but I think that they've kind of morphed into this thing where like, um, where Yelp is kind of like the mob. And uh, <laughs> if you don't kind of buy into their formula, you're going to get run out of town in a way. And uh, well, I mean, in a way, because there's like, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. A lot of the times, if I'm looking up these vegetarian restaurants when I'm out of town, I'm just blind, like search engine, you know, and then like what comes up, you have like TripAdvisor and Yelp. And sometimes, uh, what was it? There's like a, some like the happy cow or something like that. It's like mm -hmm. a vegetarian vegan one, but like, I'll be going through them. And there's sometimes I come across restaurants that I, that weren't on Yelp or weren't on these sites and they sure. end up being fucking awesome places. Right. I'd you rather... really have to like dig and it's because probably because of things like that. Well, what's funny is like the happy cow is a, is a pretty cool website that, you know, we use more traveling and stuff like that occasionally. But, uh, the people that leave comments on there, you'd think that they'd be like, you know, we're, we're in this together, but those, those comments on happy cow are ruthless sometimes. And like, is it's... it just like, like, Oh, like not real vegan, not real vegetarian kind of stuff. Like... It's just, I just, just think it's just overly critical sometimes. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit as far as that goes, but like uh, just like the few that I've read on those things, like we, we mostly like those resources are great if you're trying to find something. And I'm more about like forming my own opinion versus like reading somebody else's opinion and taking totally. that. Like, I don't even, I don't go know on there person. To, I yeah. don't even go on there to read the opinions. I just go on there to find like the name of a place and an address. So I yeah. can see like, how far away it is and i can look up the menu sure. i mean i don't even trust the opinion of like my friends all the time they'll be like oh this place is great and i'll be like okay i'll, I'll see about well, that's that. about like records too and i'd much rather oh, sure check out a restaurant like i'll judge whether i'm gonna go there like i'll look at their menu online maybe or and i'll like look at their website and like you know like that kind of stuff and make that judgment before i read the review of some person that probably that you know really just wanted to take the time to write a yelp review like i mean I can't believe how much time Very some people skeptical. have to just put negativity in the world like that. It's crazy. Well, sometimes when I see a, a bad review is written, I like to click on that that reviewer, and then you get to see how many bad reviews they give out. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just it's just like I guess a fun pastime for some people. Well, that's I could. I there's everybody a whole has to have a hobby. About that. Can you imagine if there was a Yelp for bands? Yeah, that should be the app that we no. It would cash be the could it be the promoter slash sound guy Yelp for bands? <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have a fair. Uh, it would be Sean yeah. Show one star. Yeah, <laughs> I would trust Sean's opinion. No, I, I love Sean. He's the only person that has turned down to come on the podcast because he doesn't want to uh, 
I don't know. He thinks he's gonna say something that's gonna get him in trouble. I'm like, nobody cares. <laughs> I like I like Sean. I like Sean too. Sean's a great yeah. guy. Um, but yeah, that's well. It's like with like a somewhat like with a band. Like someone might be like, check this out. But like, I'll judge whether or not I'm gonna listen to it probably based on what your album cover looks like and like if I know kind of what your genre is. But like, because friends of mine will tell me shit. Be like, oh man, Wind Hand's super boring. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> fucking love when but like yeah. it took me it took me even longer to get into wind hand just because a lot of people were like uh oh, wind hand is kind of lame but it's like you know but uh, i think you know even well, even your friends in reviews like fuck that like i'll would much rather just totally like i would if like if a new ramen place opens in town i'll look at their you know menu online and if it doesn't look like total bullshit or even if it does i'm probably gonna go tomorrow sure i it's i'm I really always encourage people to be independent and like, Hey, like if you, if your friends don't want to do anything cool, go to a show by yourself. And in the same way, if you're hungry, go check out a new restaurant by yourself. Don't let your lame, unadventurous friends hold you back yeah, from right. finding out about some cool shit. If you're genuinely curious. But that, I think that is the, the, the biggest downside to things like that is like, you know, you, you kind of go with like the herd mentality and you like, like oh no one likes this place so i'm not gonna like it either but like yeah it's all about formulating your own opinions and thinking for yourself and like that's i mean it's kind of what we try and live by no matter what speaking about herd mentality this might be a little bit more i'm making anecdote face (laughs) but no carry on carry on yours is a lot better than what i was gonna say i promise (laughs) herd mentality trends there's trends in everything. There's trends in music and art and definitely food, right? Sure. So with a restaurant like Onion Maiden that already has a unique voice and a niche demographic being vegan, how much do you try to focus on trends? Do you come are there trends in the vegan community with like maybe certain vegetables that are hot that everybody wants to eat or like I I don't know the way it's like an easier question to pose to somebody that doesn't have such like a niche restaurant in my experience 100 percent yes but i have a slightly different perspective than you do so what do you think uh i i definitely think there there are trends i'm just terrible at following and and you know being a business owner uh i just don't have enough time to really like if i had more time i would love to like check out all the different restaurants and follow all the different food blogs and whatnot i just don't have time like i know i've i've noticed now since i'm in more of a lot of the normie restaurants that i find myself at when we're around a lot of the places are upgrading their their vegetarian burgers to like the beyond burger or the impossible burger and like that beyond burger is really good i've had them both i mean i don't mind them i've never done the impossible burger with the beyond burgers fucking awesome i think i think they're they're pretty good for what they are Mm. i mean i don't mind them yeah, that's definitely a, a trend that's going on right now. Um, we were just talking about this earlier at the interview. We were saying, like, like one thing that keeps popping up on menus is, like, uh, jackfruit. Yeah, jackfruit was another thing that I saw. I started seeing a lot of in the well, past couple of years. What yeah. was it you were saying about that? Like, Well, a lot of times, I mean, we, we put it in our uh, in our dish, uh, the coffins dish. It's a scallion pancake taco, and it's, like, filled with jackfruit. And, you know, uh if you're unfamiliar with Asian food, you might not know that uh, jackfruit is is 
an ingredient that we use. We just generally use it, and it's not a meat substitute. Just like in Asian food, we use tofu, but it's not a chicken substitute. And totally. So sometimes we we get that this Tofu-tally. like totally sorry. <laughs> we definitely get a, a you know whether you might feel like oh this is a great meat substitute or or not that's besides the point it's an ingredient that we use we generally use that's a terrible way to describe stuff like my uh my chef who i mentioned earlier is really really bad at selling stuff like it, we had like seitan for something and people would be like what is that he'd be like oh well it's this vegan meat substitute and i'm just like stop <laughs> you just lost them right there just stop you could yeah, say you anything wanna, yeah, else. Like, Those the were the grossest. Substitute when describing food. It's just, it seems so very synthetic and kind of turn offy. And I mean, I like guess seitan is the closest thing to being like a meat substitute, but like tofu, tofu or jackfruit, people have eaten, you know, of all diets forever. And, you know, yeah, there's a, there's always this misconception that like vegans are trying to make the next meat thing. And it's just, you know, Unfortunately, like the human race, we alone don't eat all the things like we like eat what I think in one book I read, like one percent of the mo- like all the edibles in, in the world. You know, and it's like there's so much and it's not all based around meat. You know, if I, eat, you know, kill me if I eat bean sprouts because you might think that it's chicken substitute or something like that. You know, <laughs> right. but yeah, well, that's like I'll offer but like like. Like like mapo tofu, which you know a lot of times has like pork involved, and it's uh, at least in my experience traditionally is like people are like why would you do that? Why would you even have tofu? There's porks because because they're both good. You know, there's people that like both these things. You know, there's people that eat meat that just like tofu, and that's okay. And that's not like tofu is not like you know the weird secondary thing. Like people just like that. You know. Yeah. But we are kind of moving into like a weird a weird area because like those companies like like beyond meat and uh impossible foods they're both doing they're both marketing themselves i think one of them i can't remember which one one of them is said it's like the future of protein that's impossible yeah they're they're the okay they're the, the, yeah so like i mean that, that sounds like stuff that comes in a jar with the the well they are the very shakes. like scientific they like yeah. their whole branding's about the science of how the stuff is made which is neat but it's well, I think both companies are doing really interesting things and like they have huge like backings from like like I know like Bill Gates is like an investor in both companies and stuff like that. But like, you know. So, Dingo, you had a, a question. Oh, no, it was to you. You said you had two examples of something. Oh, oh, a while ago about uh, oh, about stuff being phoned in just for uh, the oh, just uh <laughs> The things they actually fixed this. I went to Permanis for the first time in a million years because this band was staying with me and they wanted to go to Permanis and I tried to talk them out of it. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised because Permanis, for the first time ever, started blanching their French fries. Like, good on you guys. Thanks for learning how to make fries. Um, and then also, <laughs> that's like, oh, for the you. Um, Which Permanis did you go to? I went to the new one in East Lib, that okay. super douchey one that I would never go to, but they blanched their fries now. So cool. It's a great experience. Um, and then also, but just stuff that's phoned in, I went to uh, one of the two Thai places on Liberty and Bloomfield 
either uh, gourmet or cuisine, whichever one is more nicely decorated, but not quite as good. Um, in my opinion, that I don't know. The yeah, one that's, we only go to one of them. Yeah, we, we only, only go the one that's there's the one by Howlers that's like kind of like yeah, that's ish chintzy and like that place is amazing. Yeah. And then the one that's further up the hill, I was at one time and they had this like front page vegetarian menu i was like cool and they had like you know like winter curry with mock duck and i was like sign me up so i got it and their mock duck was like just chunks of fucking seitan in there with like nothing just like hunks of seitan in the curry like just give me more bean sprouts or something man why would you do that (laughs) i don't need that yeah there's definitely some places that have a hard time preparing the 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 meat substitutes i but guess then why do a, a better word why do one why make that your front of page promotion two and you're talking about a cuisine that has kicked ass at making vegetarian food like you know the all of south asia has kicked ass at making vegetarian food for centuries without it, it, the impossible burger i think it, <laughs> i think it comes down to just a gen, like being passionate about it like do you actually care about this the give any sort of a shit about yeah. the ingredients that are going into this dish that's a really good point you or know? maybe like, they're just even like if you, even if you're just a cook and not a chef at a place i feel like you have to give some amount of a shit about that like oh somebody's gonna eat this yeah mm-hmm. you know even when i worked at taco bell when i was 16 i was still like i'd be very like oh like that doesn't look like it has enough of something you know like like because right. you're in. make it you're still like servicing somebody and you want them to enjoy what you're doing right but yeah. some people just bleh, don't give a fuck yeah. could well, not care I, think, less. I think it's it's also the consumer though right because like whether you're vegetarian vegan or you just have or, you know a whatever diet if you, there are there are, there's a market for shit food you know if you know i think for for most vegetarians and vegans you start off doing your what your ramens your pastas and you know fried foods and that's that's a stage that you go through. Some people don't sure. grow out of it. Some Macaroni people do. Macaroni and cheese and pizza you're all right. the time. Yeah. And then and, and then, then you, you have... throw up some lentils and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know, unfortunately, there is a market for people, you know, just to just throw in whatever. And sometimes some people buy into that. Fantastic question. What is the Cheesecake Factory doing for their vegetarian clientele these days? Actually, Dude, you'd be surprised because I have <laughs> all kinds of things to say about the Cheesecake Factory. Do tell. I mean, so that, that menu we don't, is so epic. Or we, yeah, we don't we don't usually go to Cheesecake Factory, but my mother she loves Cheesecake Factory, so we we were forced Everyone's to go. Everyone's mom loves. Right? The <laughs> <laughs> but we were, yeah, we were forced to go, and uh, they had that vegan cob salad. They had that pasta that was decent. Uh, we found out that they fry their French fries in a separate fryer if you ask for them gluten free. That's like a thing that we're like super kind of picky about is like, you know, we'll go to a place and like on the menu it says vegan this and vegan that and that's all cool and good and stuff. But then they're like, oh yeah, we fry that all in the same totally, yeah. fryer as everything else. And like, that's, that's like, I don't know. Some people don't care about that so much. Some people choose to ignore it and like, I can't ignore that anymore. It's like a weird thing. Definitely. Well, I think it's about, I think people that are like, that have really adapted the lifestyle, they think you have to think about those things. Yeah. But a large chunk of the population are people that are like, we'll say temporary vegans. Right. Like I, I have a friend in particular where it's like, Oh, one week, you know, 
she's vegetarian. One week, she's vegan. And then we go out to eat, and it's like, what the fuck? You just got ribs? Like, what, what, what are you doing? And then, like, then, like, but some people were just kind of flip floppy like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I just got a message from a friend who's like, I need some recipes. I just went vegan except for chicken and shrimp. But, <laughs> like, okay, okay, all right, well. I'll, 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 I guess I'll still send you some recipes. We're not going to have that conversation. Well, I think in terms of like a, like a, my perspective, at least if we are going to approach it from any sort of like a health thing, I think giving up the dairy is a lot more crucial than giving up the meat. Maybe I guess it depends. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been like pretty much vegetarian for about like 10 years now. Um, but, uh, and that's, I wish that I could like get over the cheese. I just, yeah, I just haven't tried hard enough, but also I think it also too is the fact that I don't really want to, if I really wanted to, I probably fucking could. Right. You don't become cognizant of how much fucking dairy you eat until you stop eating meat. Then you're like, Oh man, this is a huge part of my diet that I didn't realize was there because it was on top of bacon. (laughs) (laughs) and i was focused on the bacon (laughs) that's a good point but it's crazy how much like dairy really kind of gets put into things that where it doesn't honestly need to be there at all no yeah you know what's funny is like the biggest culprit is like if i want a bag of like salt and vinegar chips so often there's milk in the ingredients and that is so unnecessary so oh salt and vinnies are so good I wanted to go back to a point that somebody else made, but like, I think it's cool that like menus at restaurants these days have become more vegan friendly in a way. But I think you made the the point that like, you know, how much care are they putting into this particular thing? Like, it's just on the menu. So like you can bring your vegan friends to this restaurant and they won't feel weird. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, like an injustice to food in a way because they don't care about it yeah i but it's it's funny it's it's really hard to tell it's just trial and error there was we went to king's island recently (laughs) we were at king's island and we stayed at this hotel that was next to this buffalo wild wings ripoff okay and we went in there just to get beers after king's island and i start looking at the menu and they had like cauliflower wings and i was like there's no way these are good but i'm gonna get them because i'm kind of drunk and i'm feeling like a piece of shit (laughs) they ended up being fucking awesome they they were were really good they were probably iqf cauliflower wings that came from cisco in a bag and that is just fucking fine by the way (laughs) because that's you know may have been better than if they you know had somebody like doing them. so that's probably drop off a couple pounds well that's probably what they were they yeah. were probably just fine because you know they came out of they the were factory. really good but th- but also there have been times when we go to places and it's yeah i guess the point i'm trying to make is that sometimes you go to places that it's like oh shitty sports bar buffalo wild wings rip off and it's like oh like this is actually decent or cheesecake factory and it's like oh shit this is actually decent and then you yeah. go to the place that like is all like artisanal and looks like it should be good and it's like oh you don't give a fuck at all yeah or you just don't get it it's 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 hard to tell yeah it is hard to tell well the reason (laughs) i brought up the cheesecake factory is because their whole menu feels phoned into me because when you have like a novel of a menu how much care can you put into anything and where are you getting the shit and how long is it staying fresh and how how much i feel a lot about it yeah i can't even imagine how big big is their walk-in 
Thank you. We were just talking about. I was just talking about this. Um, Jinx. I, I do have that. Um, it's like say like if you have a a band that is like genreless, right? It's like they go all over the place. It's like, well, how good can they be at writing a song? Versus, it's like how I feel about you know restaurants that have long menus. I'm really that way about coffee shops. Like if I walk into a coffee shop and they have like three things, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fucking tight because like, <laughs> they do like you know a very limited amount of things. So they need to be fucking good yeah you know and that's so anytime i go into a place with a limited menu that seems like very hyper focused it's usually a good sign but not always sometimes places just what's your favorite suck. what's your favorite place what's your favorite example of a place around with a limited limited menu that you think is great well i'd have, Sykes. To, think about, I'd have to think about that you know I'm, I'm not too sure about that off the top of my head there's so there, I I like a lot of places in Pittsburgh. Like there's a lot of really really good places to eat in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I think we're actually kind of spoiled, especially maybe it's just because if I'm traveling, I don't get to spend enough time in cities to learn about the kind of the hidden gems of cities. And since I live here, I know the hidden gems. But overall, it seems like so we went to Ocean City last weekend or the weekend before last. Try to find a fucking vegetarian place in Ocean City. It's nothing nothing dude just eat the thrasher's fries the whole time we yeah did, we the, did eat those a lot didn't we yeah we it's like once at least yeah there's like fries and then like you can find some like you know like maybe an all-day breakfast spot and then uh, that, that's it there's some places just don't have fucking anything well, even because I mean, that's where even yeah. even like i get to spend some time i have family that lives in manhattan and even up there i mean there are good places but a lot of it's just a lot more phoned in than like here. It just seems like, I don't know, maybe just Pittsburgh in the way that it's kind of like this uh, looked over city. There's just kind of a lot of interesting talent here that is able to, I don't know, say afford, it. afford a space. And I, like I was hoping up, you were going to say the word flourish. Sure. Flourish because they can like afford, they can afford to get a cool space and like, you know, an up and coming part of town and actually make it happen versus maybe like a city like Manhattan, where I'm sure it's a fucking nightmare trying to open up a restaurant and get anything going while you're there. Again, not a business owner. I don't know enough about it. I just make assumptions. <laughs> no, that's a good assumption. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, Independent Brewing Company in Squirrel Hill has a fantastic menu with like six things on yeah, it. Yeah, I like that place. I was just there. I was there on over the weekend. They have a great eggplant dish that I had that uh, was just awesome, and it wasn't just like you know tempura breaded eggplant, and it was oh yeah, I was super simple and amazing, and I recommend you all try it. I was digging into places that I like in Pittsburgh. That's right, I forgot. Uh, yeah, I mean I. Apteca is really good. And then right down the street, I think Brillo Box has a lot of really good oh, vegetarian mm. vegan stuff. Fabulous. I think yeah. they're one of the more like overlooked places. Get their Bon Mies. Yeah. The yeah. Bon Mies are good. And then if you go the, down the Bon Mies and Tea in Lawrenceville, is, is good. Uh, Umami's menu is other than like the sushi, obviously. And like I think two or three entrees is almost exclusively vegan. I, I, the one thing I think that I haven't been there in a while. But I've like something never really sat right with me anytime I ate at B52. And that's not even like anything negative. It's just something about it is maybe I'm just not a huge like Mediterranean food fan. 
I just feel like all the portions there are like way too huge. And I go there. I'm just like, oh, this is like overwhelming mm. when I eat there. Interesting. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. But I guess that's kind of like a thing with Mediterranean places or maybe it's just bigger portions or like family style serving, I guess. Mm. I mean, we've we've only got got to go there for like, I don't know, a handful of times uh, just due to time. Um, but I love Omar. He's a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. We, you know, uh, we don't get to go out as much as we would like to. Yeah. It, but yeah, I mean, everything I mean, that's valid. Whatever, had, yeah. It's good. It's just it's very there's something that's like overwhelming about that experience. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, I, I don't definitely get that exactly feeling in what some it place. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But hey, I mean, it's it's awesome because for the amount of food you get for what you pay, it's fucking you definitely it's worth it. It's yeah. definitely worth it. That is something I've noticed, like, just over the years with customers is people seem to be really, really focused on perceived value versus perceived quality. And that might just be sort of a negative thing that's wormed its way into my brain from, you know, dealing with squeaky wheels. But, like, I know so many people, like, you know, all of a sudden be like, oh, go to this place. You can get uh, you can get this fried chicken dinner with, like, three sides for five ninety nine. Be like, what is that chicken, man? <laughs> What that's that sounds terrifying. Like that's a giant thing. Like that's how are they? How is that a viable business model? But that's, I think, like that. Like the perceived value thing. Like what you're saying is like a negative. Is something I think a lot of people would be like, that's great. And I'm not saying it's you know negative. Yeah, I don't or positive, mean it but, to come off as a negative. It's just it's. Yeah, just I'm saying overwhelming. it's overwhelming. Like I understand. Kind of, it's like yeah. a thing where it's like if we're talking about places to go. Anytime I usually say I don't want to go to B-52s because it's like, I just don't want that much food. Well, which have is you such gone, an interesting reason. To have like, you gone the O and ordered fries? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an OG uh, Pittsburgh kid, uh, you know, 61A into Oakland when I was a little shithead growing up in Swissvale. And uh yeah, spent a lot of time down at the O and going to shows at Laga. And yeah. I remember when the Beehive was there before it was uh, a T-Mobile store. Yeah, after going to the O and you get a tray of fries. And then after <laughs> after that, you you get like a, a small little bas- dinky, a dinky basket, reasonable size basket of fries. It's just too small, man. You need the fries need to come on a tray. That's how it should be served. Oh, I, I, w- I was going out. I was once... Get, like gonna go to dinner with some friends of mine and we were kicking around places to go and somebody had mentioned um aladdin's and then as if to sweeten the pot this one of my other friends piped in he's like well tell you what if we go to if we go to aladdin's i'm gonna get a plate of baba ganoush for the table <laughs> <laughs> and that and that kind of swung yeah. the vote but i love how he just threw that in there like he was just sprinkling that on the deal what a guy <laughs> a hero yeah a scholar to gentleman I have I have baba ganoush in my fridge right now, actually. And I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna fuck that up. That sounds delightful. <laughs> it does sound pretty good. So you know, speaking of going home and wrapping things up, I think it's about time to wrap this whole little this whole little thing up. I think we had a good little chat about food and music and yeah yeah. If uh if you haven't been to Onion Maiden, where can people find your establishment? We are located at. 639 East Warrington Avenue in the Allentown neighborhood of Pittsburgh. You might have to cross a bridge to get there, but I promise. That's like, that's almost like I saying know, something's a meat substitute. 
I when it I, comes to Pittsburgh people. <laughs> but I promise uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do our best to make it worth your while. No, I I will definitely co-sign on you, Maiden. I've been there a few times. I uh, had had uh had onion maiden at several pop-ups prior to the restaurant opening and i was really excited about it opening and i've been there a few times and i enjoy it well thank, thank you co-signed by me awesome thank you and yeah. then also there are the bands as well don't want to forget those right we have riparian and what was the the surf punk band name again sandblaster sandblaster great and uh jake the hawk we're not talking about where you work, right? Don't hmm. don't go. Don't go. I work. To, I work in corporate catering. Does yeah. it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe one day you'll have some of his food. Maybe you won't. Maybe maybe you have already. Perhaps. Who knows? <laughs> Perhaps it's a great mystery. So yeah. And cool. where can people find Jake the Hawk? Or online, uh, if you search uh, Jake the Hawk, all one word will come up somewhere. So, thank you for coming over. This was awesome, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having. And uh, I guess I'll do an official outro. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bingo, Brooks, John, thank you all for coming over. Again, be sure to check out their respective businesses and artistic endeavors. Do you have any like artwork stuff online or anything yeah. like that? Go to Miss Dingo, M-I-S-S-D-I-N-G-O dot com. I'm glad I remembered that. Check that out as well. And hey, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. Start the beat. Sykes, 2018. Can I get a whoop, whoop? Whoop, whoop. 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 Thanks for listening. <laughs>